Psalm 1. I was, uh, when I was invited to come speak here uh, about a month ago, and I was told that you guys were in a series in the Psalms, I piped up right away and said, hey, I want Psalm 1. And they were gracious enough to give me that chapter. And I love these three verses that we're going to read today for so many reasons, but primarily because I want to be happy. How about you? Do you how many of you raise your hand? I want to be happy. Okay, there's no shame in this. Okay, I want to be happy. And the very first word in the Psalms, the very first word in the first verse in the first chapter of the book of Psalms is the word happy. You know, the book of Psalms, you probably are aware of this, but it's, it's the figurative and the literal heart of the Bible. I mean, when I was a kid and they, I was learning my way around the Bible, my Sunday school teachers used to tell me, just go to the center of the book. And it's still true. That's how I got here today. I just opened to the center of the Bible and you're in the book of Psalms. It's literally at the heart of the Bible. But it's also figuratively the heart of the scriptures. There, It is full of the every emotion that human beings can ever experience. It is hearts laid bare before God. And God interacting with people at the very deep. And there's anger. There's, there's praise. There's worship. There's disappointment. There's frustration. There's jubilation. It's all here. The heart of of the Bible and the heart of the scriptures starts with the word happy. Blessed is the word I have in my New King James Version, but that is very appropriately translated into English as happy. Blessed or happy is the man, woman, person. Happy is the person. And then it goes on to tell us about what that means. And before I go any further, let me just... Uh, say that I had on the screen earlier, you probably saw it, uh, images from the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., where our nation's Declaration of Independence is um, uh, carved into the, the walls there. Now, this don't panic. This message is not about American exceptionalism or triumphalism or anything about that. But the founders of the, of the United States of America, when they crafted this uh, work of prose that was presented as a declaration of independence to, uh, to Great Britain. They tried to capture some of what is deeply embedded in the hearts of people. These are the truths we believe are self-evident that one of the things people long for is the pursuit of happiness. And I just, I love the fact that our God in heaven is not only okay with that, but has gone out of his way to say, here you go, this is the pathway to happiness. Now, part of the problem with our pursuit of happiness is that we're going to find out is that we're pursuing the wrong things. We don't really know what happiness is. Well, my wife and I, we took some of our grandkids to Knott's Berry Farm this week. And we had lots of fun. But fun is not necessarily happiness. 
there's kind of two different, I mean, you can, I, I suppose fun can fit into the overall category of happiness, but they're not the same. When I got home that night, and they were, the, our, the grandkids were staying with us for a few days without their parents. Hallelujah, they got a break, but anyway. <laughs> um, and I was tucking in my youngest grandson to bed that night, and, he, and, and as he signed off, he said, I love you, Papa. Now that is happiness. We had all that fun, but that was not the same as happiness. And that's part of what we're going to talk about today is what's, what is a godly uh, definition of happiness? And then we'll also talk a little bit about what isn't so we can avoid those pitfalls. But when... Um, the Bible uses this word, the opening word in the book of Psalms, blessed or blessed or happy. It's talking about the favor of, it's a, it's a word that means the favor of a superior being um, given to an inferior. So God is saying happiness is about me giving you my favor. It's really appropriate for each one of us to think we are God's favorite. It's really appropriate. In fact, just turn to somebody and say that I'm God's favorite. Go ahead, tell somebody. <laughs> I'm God's favorite. Because God uh, is bestowing his favor on us. As we read these words, I, they're familiar, very familiar. If you've hung around church for any length of time, you've certainly read these words. But I'd like to ask you to consider them afresh today. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you fresh eyes to see them, to hear them. Remember, our God, the maker and master of all things, said four little words, let there be, and then light, or whatever it was that he was creating. And those simple words created all that is. And we are now dropping into the word of God. They have the same power as those Genesis 1 creative words. They have the same power. The Holy Spirit has, the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit has breathed onto these pages, into these words, that same creative power of God. And as we read them now, they can have the same kind of creative impact on my life that those first words that we have recorded of God speaking had on the universe. So let's come with humility. Let's come with expectation. Let's sense the weight of this moment as we read God's word. First three verses, Psalm 1. Blessed or happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper." I want to start there with verse 3 because that is a description of God's kind of happiness. And it re it's different than uh, many of ours. So let's let the creative, powerful word of God reshape how we think about happiness. First of all, 
It says that the, uh, the, the man who is happy is like a tree or woman, the man or woman who is happy is like a tree planted by a river of water, and that to me means being fully resourced. Sue and I have a, a little bitty tiny, bitty tiny, uh, small, um, <laughs> garden in our backyard where we're growing some tomatoes and whatnots and we put in an irrigation system there so that every plant has a direct line of of uh, irrigation to them they are fully resourced and they're showing it man they're just growing and flourishing and we've got more tomatoes than we'll ever be able to eat come by and we'll give you some but happiness for those of us who are Wanting to know what God thinks about that word is about being fully resourced. Philippians chapter 4, 19, you've heard this before, but hear it again. And my God shall supply all your need. Not just part of it, all your need according to his riches in glory. God is not God is not strapped today. His bank account is not thin. He has everything any of us could ever need at his disposal, and he wants to lavish his love on us. But we do need to consider that word need. When it comes to being fully resourced, it has to do with abundance in terms of what we need, that's not necessarily what we want. It, and that's not an excuse to try to, you know, to somehow cover for a stingy God. But I have, and you have too, I'm sure, found that there are some things I thought I needed hmm, that I really didn't. I wanted them. Actually, there are times when God lets me have what I want, and I realize, oh God, this is a mistake. So I'm grateful that we have a God in heaven who wants to fully resource me. That as there's a direct line of irrigation to this plant, I can have everything I need. And that sets me in a place of rest. I don't have to strive and struggle and worry and be anxious because I know that in God I will always have everything I need. And that, again, let's make sure that we're allowing God to reshape our thinking about happiness. Happiness is not having everything I want it's having everything, everything I need. Next thing we encounter in that verse of description of what happiness looks like, it says it brings forth its fruit and its season. Happiness in God's definition or God's kingdom is fruitfulness. That's not a word we have, you know, often use in our day-to-day -day routine, fruitfulness. I don't usually talk to someone and say, How's your fruitfulness going? You know, I don't, we don't do that. But it is a wonderfully descriptive word. And uh, Galatians 5, 22 and 23 say this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, who could use some of that, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. God says fruitfulness is happiness. That there's something about my life uh, developing these attributes of the Holy Spirit that really bring the, what, the happiness that I'm searching for. The next thing we see here is that this uh, plant the leaf, his, whose leaf also shall not wither. And this speaks to stability. Because like it or not, we live in a really messed up world. And you can't, you can't move from one minute to the next without encountering some of the debris of the brokenness of this world that surrounds us. And we need to be able to have the stability that comes from the happiness of God, the, the resources of God that sustains us when times are difficult. Uh, some years ago, I can't remember now, maybe eight years ago when you were first diagnosed, Sue, is that right? Okay, sorry, little offline conversation there. But about eight years ago, and I won't tell you the whole story, but my wife was diagnosed with stage four incurable uh, terminal cancer. And I was in a, it all happened very suddenly. And she was undergoing a surgery that I wasn't sure she would survive. The doctors weren't sure she, she would survive. And if I uh, gave you the details, you'd understand why. But I was in the surgical waiting room all alone. It was on a Sunday, and I, I was not sure I would see my bride again. But you know what? There was a peace, a stability that welled up inside of me that held me there. And it was, it was that indescribable happiness from God. I wasn't giddy, I can tell you that. I wasn't jumping around, clapping my hands and thanking God, you know, for giving my wife cancer. But that's not God's definition of happiness. Part of God's definition of happiness is that when everything around you is crumbling, you're still standing there, unshakable. That is happiness. It's not the, the elimination of every troubling thing in your life, but the ability to walk through it without stumbling. And the rest of the story uh, is that Sue was miraculously healed. Of, they couldn't find the cancer, but, but that's, another, that's another day. That's, when you have me back, I'll tell you that story, okay? But we will go through things, dear one. And so it's not a lack of happiness that causes us to, you know, deal with stuff. It, it is the happiness, the blessedness, the favor of God that makes it possible for us to navigate those things with stability. Finally, it says, and whatever he does shall pro prosper. You know, God made us, created us, I believe, to be people who want to succeed. 
We want to know that what we do matters, that we do it well. We, we are designed that way. That's not, uh, that's not a bad thing. Um, it's not some sort of sinful pride. God made, he wants for us to experience success. But that doesn't mean a golf string at the airport that has my name on it. It doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean the things the world wants us to think it means. It means that I am doing what God assigned me to do and doing it faithfully and doing it well. Remember the, the parable of the three servants that uh, were left with uh, different sums of money to manage for the, their master? The ones that were successful, the, the uh, amounts of money that they were able to, um, the wealth they were able to create with their master's investment, the, the, the amounts were different, very different. But the reward was the same. And the reward was based on two things. That they did what they were told to do, what they were assigned to do, and they kept doing it until the master came again. Those, that's what success is in the kingdom of God, and that's what brings happiness. Let's take a look at what the Bible says happiness isn't, and then I'll get you out of here pretty quickly. Um, verse 1, the, the happy man doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scornful. It says that the happy person doesn't listen to the counsel. They don't navigate their life by YouTube. They don't listen to the counsel of the world. They're not, they're not uh, formulating their life's direction based on what the world's ideas or, um, you know, concepts are. It says that the happy man or woman doesn't a hitchhike a ride to where the world is headed. It doesn't stand in the way of sinners. It isn't going that same direction. Listen, our world is not united by any shape or in any way. We are very divided in all sorts of ways, but every way the world is going, all the myriad ways they're headed, none of them are headed in God's direction. Don't plot the course of your life by the world. Finally, it says that the happy person doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. Listen, you don't want a place at the table of the ungodly. It's attractive, I know. You want to be affirmed by, oh, yes, here, you're one of us. You fit in. You look like us. You... No, you don't want a seat at that table. There's no happiness to be found there. So where is happiness found? Verse 2 tells us his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. A happy person is someone who loves God's word. Look, we all know, any of us who name the name of Jesus, we know you're supposed to say that. Oh, yes, I, I love God's word. You know, I love it. But, but do we? Have we allowed God 
to give us an appetite for his word. Listen to this from, from Psalm 119, 131. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for your commandments. I'm a long way from there. But I daily ask the Lord to give me more of the appetite, the, the hunger, the deep desire for the word of God. Because here is where I meet him. Here is where I find happiness. And not only in loving God's word, but in, this is the hard part, living it. Because it's one thing to espouse a devotion to the word of God. It's another thing to actually lace up my shoes and start walking in it. I want to ask you this question as the worship team comes back. Is there anything in what you know of the word of God, the Bible? But, you know, that's not the only way God speaks to us. But it is, the, it is the filter. It is the thing we, the Bible is the, the way that we judge what the other uh, input from God, you know, that's coming to us, whether it's authentic or not. But is there anything you've heard from God or know about God's word that you haven't lived out yet? Is there, now, and, and don't, don't blow this off by saying, yeah, there's a lot. Think of one thing. Is there one thing I know God has said to me, God has shown me, I ought to do, I ought to think, I ought to change, but I haven't yet. Could we just decide today to go to work on that one thing? Let's just go to work on that one thing. Maybe it's loving your neighbor. Maybe it's forgiving Aunt Susie. Maybe it's tithing. Maybe it's whatever it is. Let's go to work on that one thing and let's find out what God can do to reshape our whole expectation and experience of happiness. Would you stand with me? I'd like to pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you speak to us so clearly, so directly, so uh, powerfully. And may we not be those uh, who hear your word and then forget it. Just move on, like, you know, what's next? May we encounter something of your word this morning that we choose to pursue, to live. And Lord, I pray that this, the, the one thing that each of us was thinking about a minute ago when I asked the question, that that one thing that we know you've asked of us to surrender to you, to live in, to do differently, Lord, may this week be the week that changes and that we actually live your word. And I just want to thank you, Lord, that you have made clear that our desire for happiness is your desire for us. Thank you, Lord, that we get to be happy. Thank you, God, that it delights your heart that we be happy. Bless you, Lord. Bless you. 
Amen.